Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslanko, pastor of the community of Saints Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 2, Episode 1 of this podcast. We will hear Father Mark's homily from December 9th, 2018, the second Sunday of Advent in Year C. The Gospel for this week is Luke, Chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Let's listen now to that reading and hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord Centuries before the birth of Christ, the prophet Baruch clearly instructs, take off the robe of mourning and misery and put on the splendor of glory from God forever. Take off the robe of mourning and misery and put on the splendor of glory from God forever. If we think, then, to the time of Christ, his words, ancient as they are, really echo what happens to us in baptism, where we take off our old self and put on something new. In baptism, we leave one way of living and take on a new one. The ritual of baptism actually more concretely states that we put on Christ. We put on Christ. So as a baptized person who has put on Christ, what does that then require us to do? Well, amongst other things, it requires us to then find Christ in the world to identify the presence of Christ in the world. And in identifying the presence of Christ in the world, we then pave the way for Christ's coming in our time as our time sees required. 
So it is our way of participating in the mission of John the Baptism, Baptist by proclaiming the presence of Christ and pointing that presence out in the world. But how do we do that? I mean, it's one thing to say it, but it's another to then do it. St. Bonaventure wrote eloquently about theology and spirituality. And he said that we need to understand how things originate, how they reach their end, and how they shine forth God's presence until, in order to truly understand something. We have to understand where it originates from, how it reaches its end, and how it shines forth the presence of God in order to truly understand something. Well, the first two of those, through the eyes of faith, we can pretty much figure out. We come from God and we end with God. And then how we live our life in between reflects those realities. But it's the third one that is difficult. How things shine forth the presence of God. That's where we run into a little bit of trouble, of seeing God's presence in our world, in other folks, of being able to point to that presence of Christ. Well, if we look into Scripture a little bit, there's a couple of images that are very simple but very enlightening. Scripture tells us, first of all, that God is love. God is love. And it also tells us that Christ is light. Christ is light. So God is love, and Christ is light. So if we take God as love and reflect on that very beautiful reality, that very beautiful image, we begin to see what we need to look for. What we need to look for. So if we're going to find God anywhere... We need to follow that path of love. That somehow God being love is intimately involved in all of that creative goodness that love brings about. That regeneration of life, the renewal of life, the desire of human beings to find peace and happiness, of finding their way in the world, of creation going through its changes of seasons and becomings and groanings. So the reality of God being love tells us what to look for. Christ as light tells us how to see it, how to see it. And so if we follow the way Christ lived his life, it'll then put us in the place where we can then begin to see God's presence even more fully and abundantly. So how did Christ live his life? What did Jesus embrace? Well, he associated with the outcast and the sinner. He welcomed the stranger and the orphan. He broke some rules to 
emphasize and proclaim God's mercy and forgiveness and compassion over human constructs. He said that there was value in suffering and proved that by how he embraced his life and then his death. And then he said that all things, when they die, have the potential to rise again and open for us that way to salvation. The poor, the outcast, the sinner, those who are different. You see, it's easier for us to find the presence of Christ in those who are similar to us. If you dress the way I dress and think the way I think and present yourself the way I do, it's easier for me to see the goodness within. But it's when people are different that we find it more difficult to find Christ's presence. There's one thing for certain about the way Jesus approached folks. He didn't do it from a level of superiority, as if he were better than they were. He did it from the level of sameness. He was able to reach out to the sinner and the outcast, the orphan and the widow, because he identified with something within them. There was something that connected them together. Unlike how the world saw them as different and marginalized and to be placed in another corner of society and even in some cases neglected, Jesus was empathetic. And if you look at life, there's a truth here. For all of our differences, the way we dress, what we do, how we look, what we value, what our possessions are, where we live, how we live, of all of those variables that define us and make us individuals, there's a lot of sameness to us. We all come into this world the same way. And we're all given the same charge of dealing with and embracing this world in the best way we can. And as we make our way through, we achieve a measure of success, but we also encounter some failures. Part of what we learn as we go through life is that life can hurt us. We grow up in family systems that are less than perfect, who sometimes wound us more than build us up. We deal with these barnacles of life that color how we see, how we feel, and how we act. We deal with things such as anger, frustration, incompleteness, anxiety, pain, and hurt. Carrying all of these things within, colors then how I see life, the choices I make, 
and what I say. Now here's where it gets tricky for us. Jesus warned us not to judge on purpose. And the mistake that we sometimes make, or perhaps more often than we would care to admit, is to presume that we know why a person is doing what they're doing or saying what they're saying. We tend to draw very quick conclusions about where a person's heart is. They may not fully understand the breadth and depth of the complexity of that creation of God. This is even more true when we see people behaving erratically or hurtfully to try to understand and see the presence of God even in the midst of those horrendous actions and words is what's the most challenging for us. But underneath all of that pain that is being exposed and the anger that's being vented is an individual who is still considered a child of God. There is still somewhere underneath the light of Christ. And so as we begin to look out at our world and follow the path of love and let Christ be our light, then perhaps we can begin to step back and appreciate how vulnerable life is and how much pains and hurts and disappointments and fears can really change people's hearts and how you can take something that is potentially good and turn it into something that is potentially bad. But it doesn't preclude seeing within the truth of the essence of that individual. And it's in doing that that we begin to see as God sees and love as God loves. And the world takes on a greater meaning and a dimension. And we're able to pave that way more clearly. You know, over the years, in dealing with folks who have been in horrendous situations and who've done horrendous things. In most cases, as I listen to stories and I listen to experiences, many of them have no idea what it means to be infinitely loved. No idea what it means to be wanted, embraced, and needed. If an individual encounters life with that harshness and that pain, it's no wonder that their words and their actions are going to reflect the same. Human beings are not as simple as we would like to make them out to be. We are a complex, intricate, but amazing creation that deserves our contemplation, our patience, and our love in order to understand fully 
that even in the midst of darkness, God still shines. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.